You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, here we are. We've got a great show for you today on Water Flying. I've got Abby with me as always. And today we're going to talk about how to get your single engine C pilot rating. Great to be here, Steve. All right. So how to get your single engine C rating. So it's not really that complicated of a process, but we figured you guys would want to know sort of laying it out the steps to go through to get that certificate. So starting off really helps if you're a pilot of some kind. So you can just get that single engine C added on to your rating, added on to what you already possess, either sport, private, commercial, ATP level. Understand that the level of your certificate limited limits your privileges. So private pilot versus commercial pilot, you guys know you can't necessarily do everything that the other one can. So you don't necessarily have to start out as a pilot, though. Steve? No, there are some people that actually do their single agency as their first pilot rating. It is pretty unusual, though. Yes. Uh, we know of one famous celebrity kind of known in the seaplane world for doing some seaplane-related songs, that has done his rating, uh, seaplane rating, as his first pilot rating. There also is a school that is doing them on a, a infrequent basis, but probably more than anyone else that I know in Seattle that's doing single-engine C ratings as initial ratings. And I'm probably would guess it up in Alaska, it might be a little bit more common. But it is fairly uncommon because you do have to solo Right. Uh, in a seaplane, you also have to do your cross countries in the seaplane, and then you also have to do your night flight uh, in a seaplane. So it is pretty rare, and it is definitely not the way that most people do their rating. So we're going to address it from a standpoint of the way that 99.9% of people do it, which is what Abby's going to tell us about today. So, so you're already a pilot, you have some sort of certificate, and you're getting the single engine as an add-on rating. All right. So step number two, you got to find a seaplane school. How do I do that? That's a great question, Steve. So if you become an SPA member, you can gain access to the SPA Water Landing Directory app, which gives you a lot of information about the flight schools, maybe close to you. Yeah, or you can email us at spa at seaplanes.org. That's seaplanesplural.org. So spa at seaplanes.org. Send us an email. Tell us you want to get your license. You want to get your pilot seaplane pilot rating. And we will send you a digital version of the uh, seaplane flight training directory that we produce once a year. And there's like over 80 schools in the U.S. So there's a lot to choose from. See, I just can't believe that, that there's so many out there that you probably haven't heard of. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Again, there's there's a great variety. They fly all kinds of different aircraft in the flight training directory. We tell you what kind of aircraft the schools fly, what kind of specific training they do, and again, an idea of what their prices are, uh, what their program looks like, and then also uh, what kind of aircraft they fly. So, so all, lots of options out there. Yes, that's just great to know. You know, might be 
just in your neighborhood that you have no idea exists. Kind of cool. So I went, I became a member of SPA, of the Seaplane Pilots Association. We're going to assume that because that's what you really should do. And you can do that at seaplanes.org again. And you're going to look for that flight uh, school. You're going to choose one. Now what do you do? Abby? All right. So you need to schedule your training. You need to call the nice person at the front desk. And you need to schedule out some time when you can come out and do your training. The thing is, you need to schedule out enough time. Depending on your currency and proficiency in small aircraft, you may need more time or you may just be a superstar and get it knocked out very fast. But really, give yourself a break. This is fun flying and if it takes you more time than what their schedule is or what they have the course laid out as, that's just more time that you get to spend in the air. That just sounds great to me. I don't know. Yeah, there's not really anything wrong with that. I mean, so don't be in a hurry. Just enjoy the process. I mean, any quite honestly, any day flying a seaplane is a pretty darn good day in most cases. So, Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> so if you haven't gone for a new rating in a while, it really helps if you take a look at the FAA IACRA application process. It can be a process. You'll have to submit an application before your check ride, but, you know, your instructor will help you out with all that. Don't lose sleep over it. That's why they get paid the big bucks. Yes, and don't forget and do not abuse and do not procrastinate. Come to class prepared. Please study. (laughs) Steve, can we say that again? Yes, please come to class prepared. Please. Your your instructor is really going to love you for showing up ready to fly. It's true. I will love you. (laughs) So before you ever get to class, you'll already be ahead of the curve if you read whatever material the school sends you prior to your training. Don't get there. And just be learning that something called a glassy water landing exists. So there's also really good instructional reads that are available through the SPA, like Notes of a Seaplane Instructor, which I highly recommend. That's a good read. So a couple more reminders before your training, before you even get to school. It may take more time, and that's okay. There may be some concepts that require extra attention, like plow turns. Those can be sort of mentally boggling at some times, at some points. And that's okay. Glassy water landings. They, it's something completely new. You know, you have nothing to reference from your previous flying. It's okay. That's why it your is. It's a completely there. new concept. Just enjoy it. And again, you're going to become a better pilot through this entire process. Absolutely. Seeing different things and how people are operating, how they have to get themselves safely onto different types of water. So thousands of hours in big aircraft does not make you an expert in seaplane flying. Open yourself up to something new. Leave your ego at the door. I love that one. Leave your ego at the door. So, you know, so often we'll have high time pilots come in with a bucket full of ratings and they think they've got this. And you really have to start this. You're learning a completely new skill. While you may be a good pilot, we're going to teach you or your instructor is going to teach you new concepts and new skills that you probably haven't done. So if a <laughs> great example of this, if you've been flying with your feet on the floor, you're going to have to get used to using the rudders again. <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't know how to say that. It's one of the biggest things I think instructors will tell you is they can tell when people have been flying on autopilot or highly automated airplanes that get in and, and the students literally have their feet on the floor and they have to remind them that there are rudder pedals and you do have to use them. Definitely. And we need them both for water handling and for air handling. And it's going to be really 
uh, evident if you're not used to using them. And for this reason, you know, tailwheel pilots, I think, really have a definite advantage uh, when making the transition to seaplanes. It's not necessary, but, you know, we can generally identify a tailwheel pilot pretty quickly by how good they are with the rudders. That's definitely true. Definitely true. So you've prepared, you've studied, you're at your school and your time has come. You are ready to go fly. So after your ground school lesson, your instructor goes over some of the concepts, which, you know, it's okay if they don't necessarily make sense on paper. A lot of the times I just want to get you used to the vernacular, just kind of some of the termiage we use in the airplane. You'll go through a pre-flight just like every other airplane. You'll go through the different takeoffs and landings that are necessary to know in a seaplane, in addition to the different types of water taxi options. Your instructor will take you through multiple scenarios that could be encountered during your seaplane flying. And this is really a big part of it. We're not impressed with you just memorizing the procedure for how to do a rough water landing. We want you to recognize a rough water landing is needed. It's pretty nasty out there. Maybe go home. And in order to land, you got to do a rough water landing. Absolutely. So there's so much to learn. It's going to feel like a fire hose of information coming (laughs) right at your face. But just do your best. Absorb as much as you can. Ask your instructor questions. They got a lot of good information for you. Your instructor will be following the FAA ACS. That's the Airman Certification Standards. Already mentioned this. It clearly lays out what you'll be tested on in the checkride. So there's no surprises. Everything is out there. It's on the FAA website. Your instructor could give you a copy, I suppose, if you asked. But you know what's going to be on the check ride before you even get to school. All right. So after you've done your training, you feel good. You've gone through everything. You and your instructor are feeling confident with your flying ability and your level of understanding everything. You submit your IACRA. You receive an endorsement from your instructor. And you go for that check ride. And there is good news in all of this. You do have a check ride with your DPE, your designated pilot examiner. Uh, but if you're doing this add-on rating, there is no written required. So if you're already a private commercial ATP land pilot and you are doing the course, there is no written. I Again, it's one of the very few ratings that you can do where there is no written. That is really good news. It is. <laughs> So starting off on the check ride, you'll have a discussion, an oral exam with your designated pilot examiner. They just want to see that you're making good decisions, that you understand what's going on, your problem solving skills. They're just testing kind of your mental understanding of this whole seaplane thing. Remember, the DPE does not expect you to know everything. That's just not possible. (laughs) Especially with a seaplane rating. (laughs) Exactly. As much as you want to believe, you know, there's going to be things that you don't know. That's okay. It's all right. Keep asking questions. Keep learning. That's why we're all here. You know, like uh, any rating that you do, and especially evident in a seaplane rating, the, the rating is a license to learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. So keep learning. It's cool stuff. You can talk to people that have been doing this for years, and hopefully they're saying, you know, I learn something every day when I go flying. Absolutely. That's the best thing. So the practical, the flying part of the exam, will be an opportunity for you to show off to the DPE everything you've learned with your instructor. They want to see at least one of every takeoff and landing, good use of checklists, and your adaption to the current conditions. So during the check ride, is it glassy water? Is it rough water? 
How are you going to operate in these real-life conditions? Again, this is all spelled out in the ACS. That's the Airman Certification Standards. A good reminder, too. The DPE, the examiner, is not there to bust you. All they want to know is that you're sending, they are sending out good pilots that are safe and competent. Yes, they are not your enemy. No. You can actually learn a lot from these guys on your check rides. And if you do make a fault and you do screw up a new maneuver, generally they're going to let you redo the maneuver. They're going to give you another opportunity to demonstrate that you can, with competency, complete the maneuver. You know, they're putting their name on you. They want to know that they they did everything they could to make sure you are the safest you can be going out into the world. So you've done your check ride. There's three outcomes to that check ride. Satisfactory, you receive your temporary airman certificate. That's going to be a paper copy until you get that plastic license mailed to you from the FAA in a couple weeks. Unsatisfactory, you'll receive a notice of disapproval or discontinuance in which you will receive a letter of discontinuous if there was an illness, mechanical weather problems that stunted the check ride, which really does happen. So if you return within 60 days of your notice of disapproval or your letter of discontinuance, you'll receive credit for those completed items that you did during your check ride. And okay. you'll get another chance. So correct me if I'm wrong on this, but if I do bust my check ride, say I'm going, I just have a bad day for whatever reason, it just doesn't come together. What happens then? I mean, is there a chance to go back out with your instructor, do a quick review, you know, get your head back in the game and then go for another check ride the next day? Absolutely. You know, everyone has those days where it just, it wasn't going to work. It didn't come together. Go back with your instructor. You got another chance to be in the airplane and try the check ride again. All good. Cool. Okay. So just a note at the end here, um, if you are a sport pilot adding single engine C to your sport certificate, the training should be the same. The standards of safety should be the same. What we expect of you in the airplane should be the same. But instead of flying with a DP at the end, you can fly with another single engine C rated flight instructor for a proficiency check. So it's not called a check ride anymore. It's a proficiency check. If you do well, if the CFI says, yep, you'll look good, you satisfy all the requirements, you'll receive a logbook endorsement, and you'll now be a single engine C sport rated pilot. There you go. So... We actually don't know as much. You know, I, I like to talk about things that we are incredibly well-versed on. And in all honesty, neither Abby or I have gone through the Sport Pilot C rating program where you get the, the endorsement. So stay tuned. We will have a podcast in the near future called Getting Your Sport Pilot C Rating, which will cover this topic in more detail. Um, and we look forward to doing that, and that will be coming very shortly. So uh Something else to look forward to. So, Abby, uh, given that, uh, how much does the seaplane rating cost? What can we expect? You know, it really depends, of course. So I would say it's between the range of 2000 5000 on the high end. But, you know, depending on where in the country you're going to go, the school that you go to, the type of aircraft they provide, whether that be an amphib or straight floats, the pricing is going to be a little bit different. Okay, so I can't have any favorites as the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, but 
you know, I just kind of spun the, the random wheel here of fortune and picked out one of the largest seaplane schools in California. And we'll just use Foothill Aviation, uh, a flight school in California that I've done a lot of flying with over the years. And we're going to take a look at their website here. So I think they're pretty indicative of what you can expect for pricing and what a program looks like. So looking at, they have a, a Piper Super Cub. Uh, the basic seaplane course is $2,995. You can do some advanced training for an additional $895. And that program uh, includes all the training material, the ground instruction, and the checkride fee, all for the $2,995. If you're looking to become a seaplane owner, most seaplane uh purchases, people that are looking to buy a seaplane. A lot of people are looking at amphibs. You can actually do their uh, program with them as well in a Cessna 182 on amphibs. And that basic course is $3,595. So we're well within that $2,000 to $5,000 range uh, for that. And again, you can do some additional training for another $1,250, which gets you kind of right up into that $5,000. But that's going to give you a very solid course. And again, I've flown with these guys endless times in the last 20 years. Uh, we work uh, with the, the school itself. Um, they're great people. It's a great location to fly in. But again, I'm just pulling a random flight school out of our hat. There's, like I said, about 80 flight schools across the country. We list them all. I'm not giving them any extra love, but we do like to shout out one of the seaplane businesses on every show and this this week it's going to be foothill aviation so foothillaviation.com uh, you can give them a call and they'll be glad to help you if you go that route if not get the flight training directory and you can find a school near you that has the aircraft that you're looking for and the price range that you're looking for but again i i wouldn't be overly price sensitive this isn't an expensive rating Use the aircraft you want and get the kind of training. That's the most important thing. Definitely, definitely. And enjoy it. It's, enjoy it's a it. fun ride. It is. You know, again, we've said this on the last show. We'll probably say it on every show. You know, flying seaplanes expands your horizons. It opens up a new sense of adventure to your flying. You learn new skills. It's incredibly rewarding. The places you can go, the people that you meet, the community is an amazing community. And I've just been so very you know fortunate to be a part of it and uh so i encourage you uh join our community go get your seaplane rating absolutely join us what steve said i hope we keep saying it every every podcast because it it really is true we are so glad you joined us today if you like today's show i highly encourage you to join the seaplane pilots association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support 
our mission of protecting and promoting water flying. 